Praise the Lord and good day to you wherever you might be. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson here, Crossway Church in Queen City, Texas. You found us online at our Hebrews Bible study. We're in chapter 5. Go ahead and be getting your Bibles and your paper and your pencils. This is just like a class. This is a session that we will talk about uh, chapter 5. This is part 3 actually of Hebrews chapter 5. I encourage you if you're just now getting involved to go all the way back to Hebrews chapter 1, watch every half hour episode and follow along with us as we work our way, walk our way through the wonderful words of life found here in the book of Hebrews for God's people. So blessed we are. And we just had a wonderful, wonderful weekend in Sydney, Ohio, in Sydney, Ohio, excuse me, with Pastor Preston Nasal his wonderful wife Robin and the congregation there of the preeminent word fellowship. And uh, we met other saints and other pastors from other churches and just had a great time of fellowship and edification. And the Lord really spoke to us this weekend, showed us some great truths wonderful truths in his word and I believe he imparted some very needful things in all of our hearts this weekend and I'm so grateful for what he did this weekend. You can find what we ministered uh, on the YouTube channel uh, later on today but it's on right now it's on the Philip Harger uh, Facebook page and it's on the, the uh, Pastor Curtis Facebook page so I encourage you uh, to find those uh, and watch them as you will. I believe the Lord will will show you uh, the truth and you have to see the truth if you're going to walk in His way. And uh, that's what the Bible uh, declares. The psalmist cried out in Psalms 86, 11, Show me thy, lead me in thy truth, O Lord, that I might walk in thy way and unite my heart to fear you, Lord. And so, the Lord is showing those who have eyes to see and ears to hear some great and mighty and powerful truths in His Word. Not what we think it says, what He actually has said in the context of righteousness. Hallelujah. So, praise God for this weekend. Praise God for this day and the days ahead. And again, this is Hebrews chapter 5, part 3 on this seventh day of June 20 and 21. Let's start this morning in verse 5 as I believe the Lord is going to again this day right now. I just live this way. I believe if, if I've got a Bible open in my lap, if I'm sitting in a Bible study, whether I'm doing the teaching or I'm listening to another. God has something for me and if you will live your life that way expecting to hear from Him and learn what to hear that you should be hearing and how to hear what you should be hearing, then you're going to find the move of God taking place in your very own heart. And I'm thankful for what He's going to do in this half hour session today. Verse 5, Hebrews chapter 5, So also Christ did not glorify Himself he did not make himself a high priest, but he that said unto him, You are my son, today have I begotten thee. As he said also in another place, You are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Now this is the first mention of Melchizedek here in the book of Hebrews. And it's so important because the position 
the role that our Lord and Savior now and forever will play is the high priest of his priesthood of believers. If you are born again, you are in the priesthood of believers. And Jesus Christ, a million light years of time away from now, will still be the high priest because God has said he has made him a priest forever. It's not something that will end one day and God will start and do something different. No, and we can say that will never happen because the Lord here tells us in his infallible word that Jesus has been made by his Father. He didn't do it himself. He didn't call himself. He didn't glorify himself in this position. But his Father declared him and his role of priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. And you can read about Melchizedek in Genesis 14 and how Abram had had gone to get Lot who'd been taken away captive and and, 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 and all his goods stolen. And, And so Abraham went and got Lot back, rescued Lot, and and just whipped down the dirt five kings and just whipped them down and 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 or five other nations and and on his way back from the great defeat of those five wicked kings he meets a man Melchizedek and Melchizedek appears to him we don't know if if Abraham knew him previously or if this was the first time he met him but but Melchizedek had something with him when he met Abraham that was symbolic of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ he had bread and wine with him which represented the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ we know that much and we know this much that when Abraham met this man, realized who this man was, maybe by what he had with him, the bread and wine, we're not real sure about the connection between Abraham and Melchizedek and their when they met, how they knew each other. But at this moment in Genesis 14, we read about it, Abraham recognized that this man from Salem was the priest of the Most High God. Again, you can read about it in Genesis 14. Make a note, read about it. You can also read about it in Hebrews chapter 7. We'll get to it in a couple of chapters later and and the first few verses there. And it's a very important subject, but get this. The, 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 The focus is not Melchizedek. He was a type and a shadow. He, he was what we look back at so that we can see the broader picture of our Christ because he was the one that was a type and a shadow of that which would be eternally carried out by Christ. Eternally carried out by Christ. And uh, you'll see in Hebrews 7 as Melchizedek is described that, let's just turn over there this morning and read it. We might as well. Uh, For this Melchizedek, verse 1, Hebrews 7, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him, to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all. Now, I always use this scripture, and I believe rightly so, that when someone recognizes true ministry, the ministry of the bread and wine, 
the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. They will. This is before the law. People aren't under the law by giving unless they're giving, uh, trying to get from God, trying to use it to buy something. But that's not what it's about. Amen. And, and the tithing was before the law. And I believe, I believe this, that Abraham, when he recognized true ministry, a ministry that is about the blood and the body of the Lord Jesus Christ, the bread and the wine, the bread that Jesus said he was from heaven and the new wine that comes to us in the blood of Jesus that we receive forgiveness and the spirit of the living God. I believe every Christian, when they recognize true ministry, a focus, a, a, a determination to know nothing other than Christ and him crucified, Melchizedek didn't show up and say, come with me, let's go to the house and have bread and wine. When he showed up, he had the bread and the wine. And Abraham recognized that. And I believe when people today recognize true ministry, they're going to give a tenth. They're going to give a tenth. That's just biblical. And I, I, I don't argue with folk. I don't get in it. And that's really not what I'm here to talk about today. But this is the scripture. The Lord has shown me that when true ministry the ministry of reconciliation is recognized and we allow the Lord to plant us in the house of the Lord so that we can flourish in his courts, then we will be found just as Abraham bringing that tithe, not to a man here on this earth, but to the Lord Jesus Christ. Watch. To whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all, first being by interpretation, this Melchizedek, King of righteousness, hallelujah. Do you know that your king of righteousness is Jesus? Do you know that in the book of Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews is trying to get us to look back to Melchizedek, here he, Melchizedek, so that we can see a greater picture of our true king of righteousness, the one who feel, fulfilled all righteousness and declared us righteous and put us on the path of righteousness and is teaching us to hunger and thirst for his righteousness and to seek his righteousness first. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Do you recognize that? Watch. And after that also, king of Salem, which is king of peace. Again, Melchizedek is a type and a shadow of our King Jesus, who is our eternal King, eternal King of righteousness, eternal King of peace, eternal priest over his priesthood of believers. Watch this now, verse 3. Without father, without mother, without descent, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like unto the Son of God, made like unto the Son of God, abides a priest continually. Now verse 4. Now consider how great this man was. Now that's where you need to catch that. Now consider how great this man was. Get this now. I know angels can take on the form of men. It's happened. The Bible says it can happen. But I don't believe that's what this was. And there's so many guesses and so many things. And honestly, we just have to stick with the word of God. We just have to stick with the Word of God. And the Bible here says that this, consider how great this man was unto whom even the patriarch Abraham gave the tenth, here it is again, 
of his spoils. If Abraham recognized the greatness of what was a type in a shadow of that which is to come, oh my goodness, how much more do we, if we recognize the one who has come and fulfilled all of this, the one that, that we can look back at Melchizedek and see now a greater picture of the one who's come and rescued us from sin and made us his own and brought us into the kingdom of God, hallelujah, and bestowed upon us his love and mercy and grace and all the provision that we'll need for each step of the way and all eternity as he prepared a place for us in that city wherein righteousness dwells. How much more would we recognize this? How much more would we walk in our father Abraham's footsteps and offer to our King Jesus a tenth? If we're just looking at men, we'll be in trouble. But when we realize that I'm in the priesthood of believers and I've recognized my Jesus as my great high priest and my king of righteousness and my king of peace, I'm going to just as my father Abraham, the father of faith. I, and I, the, the Romans chapter 4 tells us that we walk in his footsteps, the same footsteps we also bring the tithes and the offerings to our great high priest for the work of his priesthood, the work of his ministry of reconciliation, the ministry of, listen, the bread and the wine, the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is what those that, when they recognize it, they will give. Hallelujah. And, and it goes on and teaches other things. Well, let's go back to Hebrews chapter 5. And let's see this. And, 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 and this is the first place he's going to begin to try to try, attempt to show us what we need to know about Melchizedek. And in this attempt of the spirit of truth, it's to bring us further along in the way of truth. In the way of truth. The Holy Spirit guides us in nothing but truth. He won't guide us into anything that's not the way of the Lord. And I want us to look at, if you got a Bible, or write it down, Psalms 86.11. I wrote it down before we begin. I want to make sure I get it just right. Teach me your way. <laughs> Don't sh it's not show me my way in this life. Uh-uh. Teach me your way, O oh Lord. I will walk in your truth. If we desire God to show us His way, He's going to have to guide us in His truth. He's going to have to show us truth because truth is His way. Do you get that? Let me read it again. Teach me your way, O Lord. My way is a mess. My way ends in death. My way is destruction. Teach me your way, O Lord. I will walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. Do you understand that today? Our hearts need to be crying out, show me your way. Not show me my, my place in this world. Listen, you don't have a place in this world. You have a place in Christ and you are in this world, but you're not of this world. You are of Christ and in Christ and here on behalf of Christ 
and He has bestowed upon you the ministry of reconciliation. He has given you every good gift that you need to walk through this life in the victory of Christ. I hope we grab a hold of this. We're not here to, to, for God to show us our way. We're here for us to cry out to God to show us His way so that we can be found walking in His truth. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And, and when he shows us things in the Old Covenant concerning Melchizedek, he is attempting to carry us farther into the truth of who Christ is and what he's accomplished for us at Calvary and who he will forever be to us if we will allow the spirit of truth to guide us into all truth, more truth. And in this the verses are coming very close. We're going to get to them in this chapter. A wake-up call, a rebuke upon those who are still just sitting there, not moving, called babies too long. You've been babes too long. We're going to get to that. It's going to be quite shocking to a lot of people. I hope you would stay tuned and listen with us and, and have your Bible and not just sit back and say, well, I don't believe all that. No, you've got to have your Bible in your lap. You've got to have the Word of God in front of you. You need to. You, if you're just listening to me, well, my goodness, that's that's dangerous. You need to be looking at the Word of God and in, in through your faith in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then you can follow along with us and allow the Holy Spirit to confirm the truths of God's Word. Hallelujah. I'm telling you this morning, the Lord right now, about 24 years ago, it really began on a greater level not that it wasn't happening at all, but on a grander scale of things, about 24 years ago, the message of the cross came rushing back in the church. And most, it is the knock on the door of the heart of the heart of the church. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. That's not the world. That, that was written to an already saved and filled with the Spirit of God a group of believers. Read it in the book of Revelation. That's to the church. And this letter is to the church. You understand that? This is to the church. This is to believers. We need to understand that. Are you okay today? This is the wake-up call is the message of the cross. It's what declares you righteous. And the wayward saints, it's what it's the only message that will bring you back to the path of righteousness. And no, nobody... Nobody, no Christian alive today is going from faith to faith unless they're hearing the truth of God's Word, which is in its righteous context. Proverbs 12, 17. He that speaks, for, he that speaks truth shows forth righteousness. And you might say, well, all of God's words are words of truth. That's absolutely correct. But just because they're words of truth doesn't mean we're hearing them correctly. Jesus taught, take heed what you hear and take heed how you're hearing what you're hearing. We can hear the Word of God, study the Word of God, but if we're not hearing it correctly, and the Lord gave me a word this weekend in Sydney, Ohio, and, 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 and I was just beside myself to hear the Lord tell me this. He said, faith comes by hearing, but just because you hear doesn't mean you're going to be a doer. James chapter 1. Don't be a hearer and not a doer. If you're a hearer and not a doer, 
You're deceiving yourself. It's self-deception. And the Lord said this to me this weekend. I wrote it down, shared it with the saints, some of the saints there in Sydney. Faith comes by hearing, but doing comes by hearing properly. The doing that is the will of God carried out. Faith always comes by hearing. But when we've heard the word, faith comes by hearing, but doing comes by hearing properly. And we need to hear that today. We need to know that today. Faith doesn't just come when you hear and just automatically thrust you in to the perfect will of God, the obedient will of God. No, because James wrote, if you're hearing and not doing, so you can hear and not do. The doing comes from hearing correctly in the right context, with the right heart, the right object of faith, the cross of Christ. Oh, this is good today. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So we go back to chapter 5, Hebrews. And he begins here, he begins here to talk about Melchizedek and the kindergarten elementary level purpose, which is where I stay, the, the elementary, the, the simplicity of Christ. Uh, when the Holy Spirit tells us, tells us here, look back at Melchizedek, research Melchizedek, look at him, because when you do, you're going to understand what I'm about to try to do in your life. You're going to understand more now the, the more truth I want to guide you into. And every Christian ought to be after more truth. We ought not just to be sitting around learning, 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 learning and not come to the knowledge of truth, which means the experience of truth. More liberty. The experience of more liberty and freedom being used by the Lord, a confidence and a boldness instead of a fear dominating our lives. Come on, somebody say amen. Somebody say, I'm sick of this fear. The Bible says in Proverbs 28.1 that the, 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 the righteous are as bold as a lion. Well, where's the boldness of the righteous today? Just because God's declared you righteous doesn't mean you're in the experience of all yet that he's provided through the death of his son that we claim we believe in. We've got to allow the spirit of truth to guide us into more truth so then the experience can be what it should be. Jesus said there needs to be fruit. There will be fruit. And we need, and, and this is, this, this, again, this is the first mention of Melchizedek because he's trying to turn the, the light on brighter of Christ. That's always the reasoning of the Holy Spirit is to magnify and glorify Christ in the hearts of those he can get to see Christ in a greater way, depend on Christ in a, in a greater way, love Christ and the Father in a greater way, and to trust his moving and operation within us, to trust him that what he is showing us <coughs> by his spirit, we can depend on him to walk us through that. The truth, do you understand that? He begins to talk about Melchizedek because he is about to give a wake-up call to those who are sleeping, who remain to be babies, who, listen very carefully, we'll see it, they've chosen to become idle. They've chosen to become stiff. They've chosen not to continue in the experience of the one they claim they trust in. You better get ready for this. 
So Jesus, we see in verse 6, is declared to us as a priest forever. There's no end to his role, his function as priest. Oh, he's many more things, but this is one of his eternal roles given to us here because what the Lord has established is an eternal priesthood. It's an eternal priesthood of believers with a high priest that's eternal. There's not going to ever come in a trillion light years of time from now. God's not going to say, okay, enough of this. We're going to do a brand new thing. When God says something is forever, it is forever. Whether you're a part of it or I'm a part of it makes no difference. It will be forever. Hallelujah. And you can depend on God forever. Just start today depending on Him like never before. Just allow His will to come about in your life through your faith in His Word, which is where His will is found, as He teaches us His way and we're found walking in His truth. Can't separate the two. Watch this now. He's talking about Christ. He mentions Melchizedek, so you'll look back and see a greater picture of Christ. Let's, let's start with verse 5 again and roll through this. So also Christ glorified not himself to be made a high priest, but he that said unto him, You are my son, today have I begotten thee. And he said also in another place, another confirmation of, of declaration of who Christ would be in the scriptures through the psalmist that Jesus said, Scriptures are about him. Glory to God. You are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Watch this now. Verse 7, back to Christ. Who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears, unto him that was able to save him from death was heard in that he feared, in that he trusted the will of God, his Father, and the command he was sent to this earth to carry out, which was to lay his life down and to raise it up again, John 10 and 18. That's where Jesus declared, no man's going to take my life. No man can take my life. I'm the one that has the power to lay it down. I'm the one that has the power to raise it up again because I have this commandment. I hope you'd see that obedience it's where you're going to find the power and the move of the Spirit of God in your life. And first of all, you have to be declared obedient through faith in the obedient one before you can then begin to walk in obedience to the written Word of God. The moment we move our faith to what we're doing, we're no longer obedient even if we're doing some things the Bible says to do and not doing some things the Bible says not to do. We're only obedient in experience if our faith is in the experience of the obedient one at Calvary. If you move away from that thought, your faith is in what you're doing. And even though it's good things, even though it's biblical things, if your faith is in what you're doing, that's the wrong object of faith. When the faith, the object of faith moves from the cross of Jesus Christ, then we're no longer operating in that measure of faith we were given. Oh, I encourage you to go listen to the messages ministered in Sydney, Ohio this weekend. 
when we when we when someone comes along and says, man, God's doing this new thing through the government of 12, through the purpose-driven life, through the walk of Emmaus, through God's doing a new thing in our church, we need to have enough scriptural knowledge to let them know, no, the Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. <laughs> oh my goodness, we need to have enough scriptural truth in our hearts just to go ahead and let those folks know, no, God says there's nothing new under the sun. And if I want to find anything new that God's doing, I've got to go back and I've got to make sure my faith <coughs> excuse me, remains in the place where God makes his mercies new. He made me new. He makes everything new for me in experience every day. Hallelujah. Not some new thing some man says God's doing, but the thing God makes new creations out of. Christ and him crucified. When you move away from that, it is no longer the measure of faith you were dealt Romans 12, 3, in operation. It's now nothing more than the same faith the world has to sit in a chair or the same faith for this, the same faith for that because all men live at some level of faith. But God has only dealt the measure of faith that which was measured out of the faith of His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and what He did at Calvary because He loved us, Galatians 2.20, He's dealt to us that measure of faith. And it only functions and operates as it is placed exclusively in Christ and Him crucified. Then the Holy Spirit can turn the light on of God's Word. Then the Spirit of God can guide us in the light of God's Word. Hallelujah. I hope you're getting this today. We didn't make it too far, but we made it just far enough for this session and I encourage you to pray about what you've heard. I encourage you to go and look further into what you've heard. And, and listen and, and be in tune to what the Spirit of God is trying to lead you into, which is more truth. Because if it's not the truth of God's Word in the context of the person and the work of Christ at Calvary, if it's not truth moving us, it's not God moving us. We're moved from faith to faith as the righteousness of God is revealed in the gospel, Romans 1, 16 and 17. And the spirit of truth guides us into all truth, only into truth. He'll never leave you when you're trying to guide him. He'll never forsake us when we're trying to guide him. But you'll sense and know his leading when it's the truth of Christ and Him crucified, guiding your life, your heart, your ministry, your family, you on your job, you in the classroom, young person, or old person. We're just so thankful today to be hearing what we're hearing, and I'm thankful that God is here with us today. Before we close, and I know it's a minute or so past time, why don't you just believe God right now for whatever that is that you're struggling with, whatever it is you're dealing with, why don't you just believe God in this very moment? I'm going to pray for you. And all those who will hear this broadcast, I'm going to pray for you. And I believe today is the day that God is pouring out of His Spirit the truth.
that brings the provision that we need for this day. So right now, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your strength. I thank you for the strength that's made perfect in our weakness. I thank you for touching those bodies that are broken, those minds that are unstable, and causing the clarity of heart to be placed by your Spirit there to give us clarity of your Word, clarity and, and stability being rooted and grounded in the truth of your word. I thank you, Lord, for baptizing with the Holy Spirit those that are dry and without the power for ministry today. I thank you, Lord. They've been seeking you for a long time, and I pray that they just, Lord, start receiving today by faith that which you've already promised them. And I pray today would be the day that there would be many testimonies of your hand, healing hands touching them, and rebuking that which the enemy is attempting to do and raising them up in wellness and health and wholeness. In the mighty name of Jesus we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you. If you are stirred by the Lord to be a part of this ministry, you can do that. You can pray for us. You can write comments in the live broadcast. You can send me emails at curtishutchinson at att.net. You can donate to the ministry at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can text the word GIVE to the number 903-231-5950. I want to encourage you. You need to be planted somewhere. You need to be tied to a ministry that's determined to know nothing but Christ and Him crucified, boast only, points only, using God's Word to the sacrifice of our Redeemer. We become determined to know nothing but our Savior and what He did at Calvary. Our boast is in that alone. Not, we don't boast in the provision through which everything comes. We boast in the one through whom and what that one did through whom all things come. His name is Jesus and it's what he did at Calvary. God bless you. I love you. We're praying for you. Pray for us. Until next time, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and him crucified. We'll see you then.